Uh, today's a bit of a funny one. You may have picked that up in, uh, in the Bible reading that Henley read. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't the most cheery uh, of Bible readings, because today, actually, I'm doing something a bit strange for an all-in service with the kids. I'm going to be talking about death, because death is actually something... Death is something that we... is all around us. It's something that we face. And sometimes I think it's important to actually talk about these things, uh, because death, the reality is, is, is actually quite sad. And so this morning, you might like to sit near... Uh, your mum or your dad or a close friend that you know is there for you to support you in case there's something that comes up that makes you feel a bit sad. There are some tissues around the place. There are some tissue boxes around the place. If you need uh, tissues, if you have some allergies uh, and just your eyes start watering, they are there for you. Give it a little sniffle. That's all right. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to have water leak from your eyes. God created tear ducts, and it's okay that we use them from time to time, uh, and there's some tissues in case that you need them. Uh, you also might need, if, you, if you're finding it a bit too much, you might need to be able to take a little bit of a walk outside, grab a drink of water from the foyer, or splash some water in your face. You're welcome to do that uh, if that's what you need. Because uh, the reality is that death isn't something that people like talking about. But I actually think it's important. And it's helpful, because whether we like it or not, people die. I was actually, uh, over the course of this weekend, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was helping uh, my parents relocate from Sydney to Adelaide. Uh, and so I got to spend a lot of time with my parents. And I was chatting to mum one night after we'd been driving, and she was telling about a funeral that she had gone to. And she said she'd been to this funeral for one of their, their friends, and then afterwards, I'm not sure if you've ever been to a funeral or anything like this, but afterwards they kind of, they had some food, they went back to uh, the, the, the guy who had died his family's home, uh, and they had some drinks, and they had some nibbles, and they spent some time uh, there having this time together. And mum remembers going up to somebody that was at this event, um, and, and went to talk to this person who was one of their friends who a mutual friend from the, from the person who had passed away. And she said, oh, it's, it's so terrible, isn't it? It's so sad what's happened. And the person that she spoke to just kind of looked at her blankly and then walked off. Kind of like, why are you talking to me about this? It's, it, some people are like, it's just too sad. And so what they do is they go, like, okay, compartmentalize and they decide to almost pretend like it doesn't exist, to pretend like a death doesn't happen. Now the author of the book of Ecclesiastes, which Henley read out for us, doesn't do this. He's very clear about uh, the fact that death is real. Uh, he says, all share a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who don't. He notices something about death. Death doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes. There are two certainties in life. They say, it's a common saying, death and taxes. Everyone knows that, right? Death and taxes are two certainties in life. And yet... 
We know that death is a part of life, but death is sad, and it doesn't feel right. I'm not sure if I've had this. It, it kind of grates against us when somebody dies. It, it doesn't feel like it's supposed to happen. And if there's something about it which just feels wrong and kind of grates against us. We don't like death. And we want a solution. We, we want a way to get rid of death. When I was a kid, the great hope for getting rid of death was science. Science was going to solve the problem. I remember even seeing uh, a few TV shows where kind of people's bodies would be frozen waiting till they were older and uh, there would be technology. They would be able to rebuild their bodies and be able to continue to be able to have them live forever. Uh, science hasn't delivered on that promise. Well, not yet at least. Uh, and then kind of uh, perhaps more recently what I've noticed is that, uh, that there's been something that kind of moved to, to supplements. If you take enough supplements, you take the right supplements, you might be able to live to be 150 years old. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why you'd want to do that, but uh, that was the, that's the solution. Maybe if, you, if we put the right things into our body, we can somehow get extra out of it. Unfortunately, uh, well, as of yet, no amount of science or supplements can prevent death. And that's what the author of Ecclesiastes sees. doesn't matter if you're a good person, a bad person, doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, everyone will die. Despite this truth that everyone will die one day, it doesn't change that death feels wrong. And I think that's why people don't like talking about death. Because it's so sad and it's hard to get our heads around. So almost pretend, just push it to the side, pretend like death doesn't exist. Uh, I'm not convinced that this is the most helpful way of dealing with death. I think pretending like death doesn't exist uh, is particularly hard for our children. Which is why we've gone ahead with this topic today, even though the kids are in and amongst us. Because if we don't talk about this, then how are they going to process this? How are they going to know where it's safe to go to share their thoughts and their feelings? If someone they know does part away, I want them to know that there's a community which cares for them, which is there to support them, where they can actually bring these questions. They can bring their emotions and their feelings and their sadness, and there's people to help them deal with these sorts of things. And actually, I don't think I'm alone in this desire to help equip kids with the ability to be able to process these things. Uh, some of the kids' TV shows have started actually incorporating death into some of the episodes. So Play School did an episode called uh, Beginnings and Endings, where they actually kind of looked at uh, babies that were born and people that had passed away. Uh, everyone's favourite canine family, Bluey, uh, also did an episode uh, where kind of it kind of connects with the topic of death. Uh, and Bluey is seven minutes. And I thought, we could do seven minutes. So we're going to watch an episode of Bluey. That I think was excellent. And there's one thing that I think we can actually do slightly better. 
The first thing is that I really like the fact that it notes that death's sad. Bluey says, I didn't want the budgie to have died. She's sad, and that's okay. It's all right that she's sad. I also really like that Bluey's parents, uh, Chili and Bandit, don't try and say, oh, don't be sad. Or they don't try and say, oh, the budgie died doing what it loved. Or trying to give something. It, 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 they just acknowledge, this is sad. And that's okay. It, it's okay to be sad. When Bluey gets home, Bluey's mum gives her a big hug. Because death is sad. And I think it's all right to acknowledge that. It's all right to be able to embrace them, to say, and to allow sadness. Particularly at something like that. Uh, the thing that I think that we can do better is the conclusion they get to there's nothing we can do, it's out of our hands. Now, in some respects, that's true. It is out of our hands. But as Neil, and Neil spoke about that last week, Neil spoke about the chance of life and the fact that things are beyond our control. But the Bible makes it clear that this isn't the end of things, that actually there is one who isn't out of his hands. As a matter of fact, it's within God's hand, and God's not only able to do, he has done something about it. God has sent Jesus to fix the problem. And you actually get a faint whisper and a hint of this in a passage in Ecclesiastes. The author of Ecclesiastes asks a question of like, who, who knows whether the human spirit goes up? And I'm going to invite Micah, who's going to come up and he's going to give, bring us our second Bible reading from Ecclesiastes. Uh, chapter 3, verses 19 to 21. We're just going to... There you go. All good, mate. Surely the fate of human beings is, that, is like that of animals. The same fate awaits them both. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath. Humans have no advantage over animals. Everything is meaningless. All go to the same place. All come from the dust, and to dust all return. Who knows if the human spirit rises upward and the spirit... And if the spirit of an animal goes down into the earth. Thanks, Micah. It's that question at the end. Who knows if the spirit of the human rises up and the spirit of the animal goes down? Well, we know the answer. God does. God knows. Jesus knows because Jesus has gone before us. Jesus has conquered death. When he rose back to life, what we celebrate at Easter time, it tells us that Jesus is the firstborn from among the dead. The Bible actually calls him the first fruits of the resurrection. I'm not sure if anyone here has a fruit tree at their house. Put your head up if you have a fruit tree at your house. Well done, hands down. There's something on fruit trees called first fruits. If you get first fruits on your tree, it means that you're going to get more. It means you've got a good tree and it's going to produce more fruit. And so they say Jesus is the first fruit of people coming back to life. The fact that he comes back to life helps us know that we also are going to, going to be more fruit of resurrection because of Jesus. If only the author of Ecclesiastes had been around to have seen Jesus' resurrection, he would know the answer to his question. Who knows if the human spirit rises upward? Well, Jesus does. 
because he has. And he now invites all those who trust in him to be able to receive the same fate. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is actually speaking to, uh, to a lady named Martha. And Martha's brother, Lazarus, has literally just died. They've been waiting for Jesus to come before they have the funeral. There's people, he's been put in a, a bit of a cave with a, rock, a stone rolled in front of it. And, uh, is that me? And Martha and Jesus are having a bit of a conversation. And they're having a bit of a conversation about where, um, where Jesus was. And Jesus kind of says to Martha, as part of this conversation, your brother will rise again. And Martha answers, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus says these very important words to her. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will, will never truly die. Jesus offers the solution to death. What science fails to do, what supplements fails to do, Jesus has already done. If you believe in him, you will live even though you might die. I think it's important to talk about death and to be real with death. And there's three thoughts that have come to me as I've prepared this message. Death feels wrong. When someone you know dies, it doesn't feel right. It grates against us. Death feels wrong. Death is sad. When Jesus himself turns up to Lazarus' tomb, he weeps. Death is sad. And the third thing is that Jesus has fixed the problem of death. He has come to offer us life forever with him. He has come to right the problem that we feel, the sadness in our hearts. He has come to offer us hope and peace and comfort. That feeling that grates against us is right and true. Death is unnatural and God didn't want us to have to face that so he sent his son to take our death to be able to offer us life. Can I encourage you to continue this conversation with your families, to continue this conversation with your kids, with your parents? It's not always easy, even me this week talking to my parents about death. It's not easy. It's not an easy topic to broach or necessarily to know how much to say. But it's an important topic, and it's a topic that we actually, as Jesus' followers, have an answer for. We actually have the solution to what people crave. Another verse in Ecclesiastes says that God has put eternity in humans' hearts. We all have a desire to know what comes next. And friends, you and me have that answer. You and me can provide hope and comfort and peace to our world which is struggling to know what to do with death. Let me pray. 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your son. Thank you that he has provided the true solution to death. We acknowledge that death feels wrong, that death is sad. We don't want to pretend that that's not the case. But we, are thank we want to also thank you that you have provided the solution. You have provided the answer that in Jesus you offer us eternal life, hope, comfort, peace, true, lasting, eternal rest. Help us to take hold of that and be willing to share that with those we come into contact with. Amen.